This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. I welcome you from wherever you are watching us from this morning, Resurrection Morning. We celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, who died and rose again. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just worship God this morning and just bless his name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We adore you. We bless your name, Father of light, in whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. You that is awesome in all your ways, beautiful beyond description. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the salvation of our soul. Thank you for bringing us into the kingdom. Thank you. Blessed be your name. We worship you. We thank you. We adore you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for the entrance of your word. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We yield to you this morning that you will speak through us and that you will open our eyes to behold wondrous things in thy world. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for everybody listening that your word will come alive. It will be a revelation to each one. Thank you, Father, that our eyes of understanding are enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit to see that which you want us to see this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be your name, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I welcome you one more time. God bless you from wherever you are watching from. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Happy Easter to all of you. Our Lord died and rose again. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we have been made whole. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. His blood has paid for us. So we'll be made righteous before our Heavenly Father. What a, oh, what a glorious event. What a glorious thing. We'll forever be grateful. This morning, we are going into something very deep by the grace of God. You know, how uh, we started last week about spiritual warfare. And today, the Resurrection Sunday, it's all very wonderful that we are talking about why Jesus came. We are looking at warfare part two. I want to go to the beginning. What exactly happened at the beginning? Why? Why? Why are we fighting? Why do we have principalities and power? Why do we have demons? Why are they frustrating Christians? Why do we pray? Why do we fast? So spiritual warfare part two. And this will take us to the beginning. Man. Satan. God. Why are we here right now? Why are we in this situation? What's going on? You see, if you don't understand the origin of a battle, you can't fight effectively. That's the reason why I want to talk about this today. Because from... Wednesday or from tomorrow we move to something else but, but but I just we just have to look at the foundation of the battle we are in why are we fighting we wrestle not against flesh and blood against principalities power rulers of darkness of this world spiritual wickedness in heavenly places but the question is why second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God in the pulling down stronghold casting the imagination you know, bringing everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought to the cap, uh, to, to the obedience of Christ, ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is complete. Why? Why? So that's what we want to look at this morning. And let me say this, what I'm about to share this morning is not a doctrine. And I, I am not saying this authoritatively. I just want to show us bits and pieces, things from the scriptures that we can look at to understand because I, I, I'm saying this because I have to say this I, I'm saying this at the beginning so that everybody will understand I am not about to give a doctrine this morning and I'm not taking a doctrinal position this morning because what I'm about to share is very important and there are debates and arguments about this, about pre-Adamic word and what we're about to go into about demonic spirit but I just want you to understand that we are not taking a doctrinal position we just want to look into God's word and examine some things. Isaiah 28 verse 10 says, The word of God must be precept upon precept, lines upon lines, here a little and there a little. 
That's very important. Now you understand what I'm saying. And then you will hear me say that uh, scholars differ on this. Scholars differ on that. Scholars don't agree on this. So just understand that. I just want to show you from God's word, things that are revealed. Remember, the secret things belong to God. Deuteronomy 29, 29. But the ones that are revealed. So we can only talk from what is revealed. Ultimately, there are so many things that are not revealed that they belong to God. It's, you know, when you say this, and it's necessary because some people like, they, they, when they listen to a message, they look for what to bring you and start arguing. If you disagree, if you have scriptural references on which you can stand on to say, I disagree with, I accept completely. It's wonderful. You don't have to agree with everything. Hallelujah. Because scholars don't agree, but we can agree that Jesus is Lord and the most important thing. So, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, let's start. Amen. So, what happened? We have to go to the beginning. Please call everybody to be part of this. This will enlighten you on so many things. Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the hearts. And I said that actually it should have been heavens, plural. Peter and all other apostles that refer to it, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul spoke about going to third heaven, Peter said the heavens of old. Also here, in the original Greek, it's actually it's heavens. Because it's uh, heavens, yeah, it's, it's, it's in plural. But then, the Bible said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, verse 2, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. Now, it is very easy to understand. Here, I want to say about four things to, to uh, buttress a point that God did not create heaven and earth to be empty. So let's start with number one. It is not consistent with God's nature to create something that is shapeless, that is formless, and that is full of darkness. So scholars believe that something happened between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. So number one, God wouldn't create something be, uh, vo uh, void something shapeless something full of darkness it's not consistent with God's nature and then we have scriptures for that blessed be the name of the Lord the Bible says in the book of uh, if you study from Isaiah chapter 45 verse 18 let's read Isaiah 45 18 because we, we must check the word of God remember it's the Bible study on spiritual warfare and now we are going to the beginning. What led to the battle between evil and good? What, what started it? Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18, verse 18. Now the Bible says, For thus hear the Lord that created the heavens, you see that word plural, the heavens again, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he established it, he created it not in vain. That's very important. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord. So, he said, he did not create it in vain. He didn't make it void. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, I think that we understand from that one that God... Now, if you also read Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 2. Deuteronomy 34, verse 2. There are many other scriptures, but for time, I will just give us two. The Bible says... No, sorry. Deuteronomy 34... I will look for that, that second scripture, but let's go with the first one. Praise the Lord. That it didn't create it to be void. It didn't create it to be empty. I think I want to add one more scripture because I believe that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. It's important that I get. Okay. Uh, uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11. The Bible says, He made everything beautiful in His time. He has also said the word in their heart so that no man can find out the work of God that make it from the beginning. He make everything beautiful. Now, that's the first point that God wouldn't create something to be, to be formless, to be shapeless. And then number two, there are scriptures that they seem to suggest that before Adam was created, some things were in existence. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23. I want us to read. Jeremiah 4.23. Remember, it's Bible study. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm using the word suggest because I don't want to sound 
authoritative. I'm just saying that. Let's just observe some scriptures here. Now you are free to disagree. He said, I beheld the earth. Lo, it was without form and void. And the heavens, and they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled. And the hills moved lightly. I beheld, lo, there was no man. And all the birds of the heaven were fled. Now, scholars are saying that this must have been something that happened before Adam. Because in Noah's flood, the mountains were not affected, they were covered. The eels did not move. They were only covered. And then the birds of the air did not go away. And then there was a man. There was Noah and his family. So uh, Jeremiah by the Spirit saw something beyond, um, beyond the flood of Noah. Now let's read Job chapter 9. Job chapter 9. It will get very interesting now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Job 9. We start from verse 1. You know, then Job answered and said, and then he moved on. Let's start from uh, verse 4. He is wise in art and the mighty and mighty in strength. Who adding himself against him? Who can add himself against him and prosper? Verse 5. Which removed the mountains and they know not, which overturned them in his anger, which shaken the earth out of her place, and the pillars thereof trembled, which commanded the sun, and it riseth no more, and sealeth up the star. Now, this again confirms what we read in Jeremiah 4, that this is not talking about what happened in the time of Noah. By the way, the book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible is the oldest book statistically the oldest book or historically in the bible the book of job so now listen job is saying that there was a time that god was angry he sealed up the sun and the star and that the mountains were over he turned them upside down now this did not happen during the flood of noah so scholars believe that before the flood of noah there was a flood now we are going to get to Lucifer and then we read something that is said about him. Please pay attention. But we are just saying that there seems to be, from looking at this, there, there, it, it looks as if there was a flood before Adam where the mountains were moved. And then, so that's the second point. Then the third one, if you look at it very critically, God said, let there be light. That one led there. Then he told Adam to replenish the earth. You don't replenish what has never been replenished before. So, in other words, when God said, let there be, it's a statement of let something move out of the way. God created heaven and earth. The word God created is Barak. Actually, in Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, he created it from nothing. I believe God created a word. He created a perfect word, which is consistent with his nature. He created a beautiful word. But most scholars believe that between verse 1 and verse 2 should have been millions of years and darkness covered the earth because a, a being called Lucifer existed before the creation of the world or before the creation of Adam and that this happened oh thank you Lord Jesus the reason for the darkness by many scholars is because uh, it happened because when God created heaven and earth and then something happened in the heavenlies and when lucifer was dethroned and he landed on earth as a result of his dethronement as a result of that clash that battle the earth turned upside down darkness prevailed and a lot of chaos took place so between genesis 1 and 2 so lastly this is why scientists some of them have argued against the bible saying that Genesis chapter 2, Genesis 1 2, where God created Adam. Between the time God created Adam and now, we have about 6,000 years. But scientists have been able to prove that the world has, has been in existence for millions of years. And some of the Bible scholars have not been able to answer. It's because the art from Adam till now is about 6,000 years. But the art from Genesis 1 1 is actually millions of years, truly. Now, that is why they found evidences of dinosaur in the forces of rock. They've seen all those things here and there. And what happened in those days? We cannot say exactly what happened. But then from the point I've given from scriptures and for the fact that God wouldn't create something formless and for the fact that the Bible says that uh, in God's anger, he, he turned the mountains upside down, which did not happen any time 
in human existence. So it must have been in the pre-Adamic world. Hallelujah. So, what happened? So, we are saying that Lucifer was thrown down. That's what most scholars agree on. And that was what led to the earth becoming uh, shapeless. And then, it landed here. But then, I want to point your attention to something. Oh, glory to God. So, we are saying that it, 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 it looks as if God was angry at a point and then it destroyed the world in his anger. It turned the mountains upside down and everything became shapeless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. Remember what Job said. He said he sealed up the sun so darkness prevailed upon the earth. And then he sealed up the star also so gross darkness covered the earth. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. So, what led to his anger? That's the next question. And this is where it begins to get interesting. What led to his anger? Well, Lucifer rebelled. What exactly happened? Isaiah chapter 14. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isaiah 14. Okay. We start from verse 12. The Bible says, How art thou falling? from heaven, Lucifer, son of the morning. Now that word son of the morning is very important. Son of the morning. We'll come back to that. How are thou called down to the ground which did weaken the nations? Can it be that there were nations that time? Lucifer was caught down because he was troubling the nations. Remember this prophecy of Isaiah is referring to what happened before man was created. He said, Lucifer, you were dethroned. And the reason for what happened, he said, you were weakening the nations. So this further shows that there, 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 there seems to be something before a damnic world. Let's read on. For thou hast said, said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So actually, he had a throne. That's what is So he had a throne. And then it also shows that somehow he was not permanently in heaven. He was on earth. Why does he hate man so much? And why Satan versus Jesus? That's what we are getting into. Why did Jesus come as a mortal man to fight Satan? And to defeat death? And to go into hate? We are, we are looking at this. So, look at what the Bible says. He said, I will, he said, you said in your heart, I will ascend. Meaning that he was somewhere below God. It looks as if Lucifer was the end of the first creation before Adam. The Bible says he was weakening the nations. We will look at that weakening, which also which suggests that actually he corrupted the nations and turned them against God. So this must have been the reason why God's judgment fell upon the first creation. Who were the people then? We don't know. Man, men, or spirits. We don't know. But there, 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 there are scriptures here and there to suggest that there was a race before Adam. So the Bible says he was weakening the nations and then he said, I will ascend. Mm. Hallelujah. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of congregation in the side of the north. Remember, it's Mount Zion's side of the north, city of the great king. So when you hear not in the Bible, Zion, that's, that's God's place. I will go there. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like most high. But God answered, you shall be brought down to hell. To the side of the pits. Now we are going to talk about hell and pit later. They that see this shall narrowly look upon thee and consider the saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms and made the world as wilderness and destroy cities. Destroy cities. That open not the house of his prisoners. Amen. But let's read more about him. Now, we can see something from here. He had a throne. He was below God. Somewhere, another realm. He said, I will ascend to the realms of God. I will take over from God. And God said, no, you are even going down further. So, it's a, we, from here, we can almost suggest that Lucifer was dwelling on earth, leading a race on earth. Ezekiel 28. Let's read. 
Remember, I need to keep saying this from time. You don't have to agree and you don't have to fight over this. They are not doctrines. We are looking at scriptures. If you see it in a different light, God bless you. We understand that. Amen. You know, Saturday people just like to fight over everything. Ezekiel 28, verse 12. Son of man, take up lamentation upon the king of Tyros and say to him, Thou see the Lord, thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. This cannot be a man. Thou hast been in the Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone. So, this also seems to suggest that there was one Eden before the one created for Adam. Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible says, you've been that every precious stone was thy covering. And then sadly, all those things. And the Bible says that the workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes was prepared in thee, in the day thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Now, last week we spoke about classes of angels and we mentioned cherubs. So, Lucifer from here was a cherub. The Bible says anointed cherub that covereth. Hey, listen, I have seen people say nonsense devil this one day. You can say that when you are standing on Christ and his solid promises and who he is, but understand the being that we are dealing with. Thou are the anointed cherub that could. That word anointed cherub, that word anointed is from the word Meshach. It means anointing to spread. God gave something to Lucifer. Is the reason when people start worshiping Satan, their wealth multiplies. When people dedicate a song to Satan, when they go to worship him, it spreads because of Meshach anointing. The Bible said, Thou art anointed cherub that cover it. God gave Satan an anointing that spread. By the, by, the, by, by the way, the word Lucifer means a light bearer. It was a light bearer. And it was an anointed cherub that covered it. Now remember the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. He does not take back his gifts. So that Mimshak anointing is still with the devil. And with it, it's deceiving the world. Creating wealth, it causes people to spread when they worship him. When people sell their soul to Satan, it gives them wealth and influence because of Mimshak anointing upon him. So the Bible said, Thou art anointed cherub that cover it. I have set this so. So God is saying that I made it so. Thou was upon the only mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect. You know? We don't know exactly the meaning of walking up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. But you say in Revelation chapter 12, there seems to be a sea like a glass before the throne of God. And then at times it's a seal of fire. Sea of fire. And Lucifer had the ability to walk. Obviously, this guy could do what so many angels could not do. Remember, in Isaiah chapter 6, the seraphim, would they had six wings. The Bible said with two, they will cover their eyes. Why? They could not behold the face of God straight away. They could not directly look at God. So they must cover their faces with their wings before the Father. Because God is a consuming fire. The glory of God is such that you cannot just look at him straight. But it looks like Lucifer could walk up and down before the throne. He could behold the Father's face. What it be? Hallelujah. So, and God recognized that Lucifer had a special place. Now the Bible says, you were perfect in your, all your ways until iniquity was found in thee. Now, verse 16 tries to give us the picture of the iniquity. By the multitude of thy merchandise, you have filled the midst of thee with violence. Thou hast sinned, therefore I will cast it down. I will destroy the old covering cherub from the midst of the stones of fire. Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by the reason of thy brightness. I will cast it to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, and they may behold thee. Thou hast defied thy sanctuary, and by the multitudes of iniquity, thy traffic, therefore, I will bring forth fire from the midst of thee and devour thee. So, also the Bible is saying that he had a sanctuary. Now, this is purely what scholars are saying, not what is vividly revealed in the Bible. Many scholars have suggested that Lucifer seemed to be in charge of the worship of men. It seemed then like he was in charge of the worship of men, taking worship to God and bringing God's word to mortal men. No, let me not say men. The race that was on that then, 
their worship. Lucifer led their worship to God and brought the word of God to them. And in between, remember I said I will ascend to the throne of God. Now, I want to read something from um, Job chapter Job chapter 1. Job 1. Hallelujah. I hope you are following me this morning. <laughs> now, look at this. Job 1, 6. Now, when the now there was a day when the sons of God came to the to present themselves to the Lord, and Satan came also among them. It does look as if this is a practice that was this something being practiced regularly. Remember, he said, I will ascend to I will ascend. I will go, I will ascend to the most, I will do this. Now the Bible is saying that sons of God came together. The word sons of God, Benin Elohim, is actually angels. So angels gathered before God and Lucifer also came. Now, this one happened after his fall. So it looks like, or is it so it looks like before the fall of Lucifer, um, he used to ascend to heaven from time to time, and he could get into the very presence of the Father to present worship. And when he was dethroned, God still allowed him to be coming to the presence of God. So the story of Job happened after the fall of Lucifer. And the Bible says angels gather sons of God and Lucifer gather with them. Now, let's read something from Job 38 verse 7. The Bible says, you know, Job decided to ask God questions and God decided to question Job back. <laughs> and God asked Job questions that no mortal man would be able to answer. Then in verse 7, you know, let's start from verse 6. Or let's start from four. Where was where where was thou <laughs> when I laid the foundation of the earth and declare declare if thou hast understanding? Who had laid the who who had laid the measures thereof? If thou knowest, or who has stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations therein fastened? Who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Did you get that? Morning star. Remember where we started from. Lucifer, son of money. Now, morning star. The Bible says sons of God rejoice together. And they were called, all of them were called morning stars and sons of God. So you remember Job 1 6, when the sons of God gathered. So this ran into angels. So this also is saying something like there was a time that God created heaven and earth. This must have been the first thing that God created before Adam. Or the first word that Genesis 1 1 talks about. The Bible says, when God did it, the angels gathered together to sing. They came to rejoice. So God was asking Job that where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth and the sons of God, the angels gathered to sing? So this is suggesting that when they did that at that time, Lucifer was one of them, being referred to as sons of God, those who rejoiced, probably he led the squad rejoicing before the Father at that time. So when in Job chapter 1 verse 6, the sons of God gathered again. Lucifer was in their midst also. But this time around, he had become an opponent. But was he allowed to come in? So it must have been that he had the ability to come in and out before we God did not take from him after. Praise the Lord. Amen. So the Bible says that when, no, Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That must have been the time he led his call to heaven in rebellion. And he turned, this is what most scholars are saying, he turned the inhabitants of the world, whoever they were, that time, spirits being or whatever, he turned them against God, and God in his anger shut down that system. So in shutting down that system, there was chaos, there was trouble, and the earth became something void, shapeless, and full of darkness. That is what most scholars, one or two people might not agree with this among some scholars, but this is the most uh, widely circulated view of what happened in the pre-Adamic world. Now, again, let me say this. The Bible didn't explicitly tell us this. I'm just, we are just picking scriptures here and there to see. Precept upon precept, line upon line, Isaiah 28, here a little, there a little. Hallelujah. So, haven't established this. So, Lucifer was thrown down because of his rebellion. And he rebelled because he wanted the worship of God for himself. And then, on earth, the battle started. Actually, Lucifer was thrown down. When God was creating Adam and recreating the world, he recreated the world. Remember, he added one word. Genesis chapter 1. When he created man, 
He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue, subdue, subdue. That's a word of contention. Subdue. Take charge. Of course, you know the rest of the story, which connects to what we are celebrating all over the world today. Adam showed up. So, everything seems to suggest that what God took away from Lucifer, he made a new creation in Adam and he gave Adam authority over the hearts. And Lucifer showed up again. Of course, the Bible tells us how Adam was tempted and Adam fell. God allowed Adam to be temp tempted because you must have free cho freedom of choice. And Adam chose to disobey. He brought Lucifer back. Remember, there was no record of any conversation between Satan and Adam until the time of the temptation. He couldn't make Adam sick. He could do no nightmare, no pain. It was a perfect state in the garden. But then man had the opportunity to let him be like that forever. God did not even tell Adam not to eat any of the, of the tree of life. He was only warned against the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But Adam chose the tree of, tree of knowledge of good and evil. The very one he was told not to. Because Satan came down and he said something to the woman. And then from that day, Lucifer came back again to regain the hearts. So it's that the contention has been about who controls this hand. Remember, Jesus coming to reign on earth for 1,000 years again. We will go to, into all that. Up till now, the real reason for the bad, somebody's like trying to claim this whole world. So we begin to get into why did Jesus come down to the heart also? So Satan was brought in again by Papa Adam. And he became again the God of this world. So he must have been before. And Adam brought him back to the scene. And then he began to control the world again. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When this started, the first thing the devil tried to do, remember, which I will not go into, but you, most of you know the story. As soon as Adam fell, and then God came to the garden, and he said in Genesis chapter 3, Have you eaten the fruit? I said, You should not. He said, The woman you gave me. You know, by the way, Adam never apologized. If he has said, Lord, I'm sorry, he didn't say so. You know, there are people like that. They would rather die than to say sorry. Adam said, The woman. God said, The woman, man said, The serpent. And then God didn't talk to the serpent. God just said, Okay, this and this. Now, look at it. One of the things that God pronounced, Satan heard. God said to the woman, your seed will bruise the head of the serpent. So from that day, Satan had the clue. He got to know. He just knew that God was planning some, to do something about the fall of man. And he was waiting. The next thing that happened, Genesis chapter 6. Let's read. This is interesting. Genesis chapter 6. Hallelujah. We are looking at why problems in the world. Because from next week or from tomorrow, I'll go into something else. I'm going to talk about how to deal with storms of life. Oh, but so that's not where, where, where all this is. Where are they coming from? Now, the Bible says, It came to pass that when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God. Remember, we read about them in Job chapter 1, verse 6, and in Job 38, verse 7. Sons of God. Meaning angels, because theologians have argued this. Some have said that sons of God, the generation of Seth versus generation of Cain. That doesn't really add up, really. Sons of God, angels came down because there wouldn't be problem with man marrying man, mortal men marrying a woman. It's a, it's normal, but this must have been something. Now I don't want to go into uh, what people have read and saying the Book of Enoch and all those things. But early church fathers they they, they talked about the fact that. These angels were sent down from God to teach men the laws of God. I don't want to go into that because it's not revealed in the Bible. But what is revealed is the fact that they came down and the Bible says, and they took them wives with they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always. What were they trying to do? Verse 4, these were giants 
in the heart in those days also after that when the sons of god came down unto the daughters of men they bear children unto them the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown men of renown if you study several passages of the bible which we don't have time to go into now they were giants on earth in those days when they wanted to go to the promised land they said we saw the anakims there they also called them zenzumins giants on earth the last of them the most popular was goliath and his five brothers whom david and his men slew and took away completely the generation of giants but they were bigger guys than Goliath before then. When they wanted to go to promised land, they were afraid because they saw giants there. If they saw people of seven, a man of seven, people of seven feet, 7.2, they wouldn't be afraid. They were warriors under Joshua. But they saw men with unusual physiques. Numbers 13, Numbers 14. And they were afraid. They saw giants there. Now the Bible says when these angels came down and they started having an affair with women, they produce giants why did the angels do this number one of course they were enticed but then who enticed them lucifer what was he trying to achieve he was trying to pollute the race of men remember that god almost did what he did the first time if the records are true here again he was going to destroy the old world, but he found a pure breed. When the Bible said that Noah was Noah found grace and Noah was a perfect man, it wasn't talking only about uh, Noah being perfect in terms of good and evil. It was a pure breed because as these angels were taking women to themselves, mixed race was being formed on the face of the earth. Guess what? Satan was preparing the was pre trying to prevent the coming of the Messiah. And I'm going to show you in a while. What happened to this thing? As soon as that happened, God arrested the angels. Jude chapter 1 verse 6. Let's read. Hallelujah. Jude chapter 1 verse 6. Are you there? Now the Bible says, And the angels which kept not their first estates, they were created as angels to oversee men. But they changed. Now, don't find it strange that angels were marrying women. Angels turned to mortal men several in the Bible. Remember Hebrews 13. Do not forget to entertain strangers because by so, by so do you, some of you will have entertained angels unaware. So not all angels have wings and appear like angels with life. Angels appear. Remember when Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah? The two angels that came, they were so handsome that men of Sodom and Gomorrah wanted to rape them. Can you remember? So they came to Lot's house. He gave them food. They ate. And the men, if they looked like angels, those men wouldn't be talking of having inter intercourse with them. But because they looked like ordinary men, then remember Abraham sat outside Genesis 18 and then God came down with two angels. They looked like ordinary men. People passed by them without recognizing them. Abraham saw them. He gave them food and they ate. They ate bush meat. He went to kill a fat and they killed and you know, dietitians have told us that uh, uh, anyway, said beef is not good. This one is not good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's not go into all that. Are you are you with me? So I'm just saying that. And that's not to say they are wrong. I'm just saying God, Abraham food and God ate. So it's not new. Then remember one appeared to Jacob in the Bible. If he appeared like an angel, Jacob wouldn't start fighting him. The Bible says a man wrestled with him. It was during towards daybreak that I realized that it was not a man, it was an angel. And he said, Bless me, say, unless you bless me, I will not let you go. So I just said all these things to prove that after the matter of two or three, so angels transformed themselves. So it wouldn't be difficult for these guys to do this. Chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Oh, praise the Lord. Remember what I said last week. So Angels, I talked I talked last week about principalities, power, rulers of darkness, or this or spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Now they are different from these ones in chain under darkness. They are in a place called Tartarus, prison. Now there are five compartments under the hearts. And I wanted to pay attention. So these angels were arrested and taken to a place called prison under the earth. There are five compartments, or about five. Scholars differ on this also. But we can also look at scripture. But the Bible talks about different places. Remember, if you study Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. 
Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of things under the earth. So there are things under the earth. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9. When he, has, he said, who is it that ascended? But the one that fall descended to the lowest part, parts, in plural. Let's read. So that means there is more than one part. The Bible will always give us revelation. It might not say it in a plain language, but when you read, you'll see it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9. The Bible said, now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower what? Parts, not parts, parts of the earth. So, since the Bible says that obtains in every obtains obtains under the earth, and the Bible says that that under the earth is in parts, so there has to be more than one part under the earth. The first part under the earth is what they call paradise. It's different from the paradise of heaven, which Paul went to in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. There's another paradise which some have called Abraham's bosom, where people went to until the time of the death of Jesus Christ. They could not ascend, so they were there. Remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Luke chapter 16. If we start from around verse 19. Do you remember the story? In, in, uh, then you remember that in that story of Lazarus and the rich man. When they both died, Lazarus went into Abraham's bosom. The rich man went into hell. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes in hell. And he said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus. Uh, it's not good to be a poor man. Lazarus was a beggar or not. The guy saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. He was still feeling big in hell. Luke 16. Let's start from verse, verse 18. 23. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes and being in torment, seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now what I want to bring out from this is this. That means hell and paradise Abraham's bosom they are close so they are both under the ground if one was above one under he wouldn't see so from hell he lifted up his eyes from afar he saw Abraham and Lazarus they were not in hell so they were in paradise the first place under the earth he was in hell the next compartment to paradise so we have paradise when they call Abraham's boss or whatever uh, name, then we have uh, we have the, we have hell. When they call Sheol, grave. Several other names. Then we have the third one, which is the pits. Another name, the Hebrew name, which they call Abyss, the pits. Luke 8.31 talks about that. Let's read. Hallelujah. Luke 8.31 And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. Into the deep. That's 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 been down. Revelation chapter 9. I want to say that so when a sinner dies, okay, we, we come to that. Revelation chapter 9. What I read about deep now, some treasure put it as pits. From verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a staff fall from heaven onto the earth, and to it was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pits, and there arose smoke out of the pits, and as a smoke of great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the reason, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. If you read for us, what came out were demons. Demons dwell in the pits. Then we have what we read, where angels that left their former estate were kept. Bible said they were kept in chain under darkness. That one is called prison. So let's start again. We have paradise. We have hell. We are pits. We are prison. And the last one is hell fire, lake of fire. Revelation twenty ten. If I is mentioned about four times, Revelation chapter twenty. The Bible says that if anyone is not found within the book of life, it's cast. The Bible said that the beast and the false prophet are thrown to lake of fire. And the Bible says, death and hell are cast in the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 20. It is a final place. So eventually, hell itself, to show that hell is different from lake of fire, hell itself will be thrown into the lake of fire. Let's read, let's read, let's read. It's good to show Revelation 20. Hallelujah. Revelation 20, 
Verse 10 says that, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are. They shall be tormented day and night. And I saw a great white throne, and I saw the dead and his man. The Bible says that, and if anybody is not found written in the book, it's cast into the lake of But Verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. So that means lake of fire is not hell. So eventually God picked death, he picked hell, and he threw the, he's going to throw the two of them. So eventually, God is going to pick hell, he will pick death, and he will throw them into the lake of fire. So they are different from the lake of fire. So we have these five places. So paradise, Lazarus and Abraham there. So he tells us the kind of people in paradise. The rich man who had no mercy on anybody was in hell. So when the sinner dies, they go to hell, waiting for eternal judgment, which will be lake of fire. But then hell is a place of torment also. So they are already being tormented in hell. So all the people who have died, when you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, then the apostle closes his eyes here, then he goes to hell. But remember, when Jesus died, oh glory to God, the Bible says when he led captivity captive, he gave gift unto men. It's also scriptures. Some scholars also do agree fully on this. But Jesus took the people in paradise to heaven. So when a Christian dies now, he does not go to Abraham's bosom. It's cancelled. He goes to heaven. It looks like the Bible says, hell beneath has enlarged himself. Isaiah 14. So it's as if hell has expanded to take the place of Abraham's bosom. Is somebody with me? Praise the Lord. Now, these five places. Let's read something. So when Jesus died, remember he said to the thief by the cross, he said, I say unto you, today you meet in paradise. Some have said that what he said was that, I say unto you today, you will meet me in paradise. Well, I believe he actually said that today you'll be with me in paradise. Because as soon as Jesus died, he went to this compartment. He did not go to the lake of fire. That is reserved for eternal judgment. But Jesus went as far. The Bible says he descended, Ephesians 4, 9, to the lowest parts of the earth. So Jesus passed through these parts. What did he go to do? 1 Peter 3, 19. So remember, before the hellfire, the, the fourth place is prison. So Jesus stopped at the prison. He didn't go to lake of fire. So before lake of, he went to prison. So he passed through paradise hell. Pete, to the prison. And then he came out. Oh, glory to God. What did he go to do in the prison? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 19. Hallelujah. The Bible says, by which also he went and preached unto the spirit in prison. Verse 18, for Christ also had one suffer for the sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened in the spirits. Look at next verse. By which also he went and preached unto the spirit in prison. Oh, that word preaching there is announced. Another word for preaching is announced. It's appointed for man to die once. Jesus did not go. Spirits will not get born again. Jesus did not go to prison to preach to this spirit to be saved. No. Jesus went to announce to them that what they tried to stop has been achieved. They came to pollute the seed of, uh, of women to stop Christ from coming. They were the first people sent down to teach men the laws of God. Remember, there were no laws that time. And they failed. When the Son of God came and he achieved the purpose of God on earth, he went to tell them in prison, hey guys, what you try to stop, what you fail to do, I have done it. Then he ascended again and he led captivity captives and he took people away from Abraham's bosom and he ascended to heaven. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Remember when he resurrected and he met Mary. Mary wanted to touch him. He said, no, don't touch me. He said, I am not ascended to my father and your father. That, that was after the third day. That means it was somewhere those three days. It was in those belly, in the belly of the heart, in those compartments. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So those demons are still in chain there. They are not released. Oh, I feel sorry for those who will be here after rapture. Because the spirit will be loose. Now, there are demons in pits. Some demons are on the face of the earth. Many are still in the pits. Scholars have said that demons invade the earth as, man, as men are calling for them. Every ritual, every bloodshed, 
Every worshipping of idol, every perversion on earth is an open door. You are opening the gate of hell, open the gate of pits for demons to come to the earth. So, the more people turn away from God into idolatry, into perversion, living the opposite of the way God wants man to live, as nations promulgate laws, as nations enact laws and release constitutions to back perversion, they open more gates. So, demons swim out of the prison, out of the pits. And then they invade the hearts. So man, so men on earth call for them. The more people offer rituals. Because when you offer or you worship idol, it's a kind of, you are fraternizing with the spirit world. So they are bringing them out. Who are these demons? Maybe this is where I stop today. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. So you understand we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The Bible is not also, scholars don't agree. The Bible is not fully clear. We just know the term evil spirits, unclean spirits, and um, demonic spirits are used interchangeably in the Bible. We have been able to know that according to Revelation chapter 12, the dragon drew one third of the angels with him. That's Lucifer during his rebellion before Adam was created. So those are principalities, power, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Angels that are in prison are the ones who left their former estates, who fell in love with women on earth. So who are demons? Demonic spirits. Many of the scholars have said, some have said that they are the spirits of the race that existed before Adam. Because when they, since they were since God destroyed them in his anger and Christ did not come then to redeem them, that their spirits are what we call evil spirits or demonic spirits. Some have said that they are the spirit of giants that they produced when they died. Sincerely, nobody can certainly say this is it. The secret things belong to God. We can only look at the Bible and say, okay, I see this scripture here, I see this scripture here, I see this scripture here. Just make sure you make it to heaven. Then you will understand better then. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so, but we know. Uh, do I go with those who are saying that the spirit of the race before Adam? There are some scriptures that, that seem to suggest that, but not authoritatively. Not authoritatively. And whatever the Bible is not explicitly clear about, I don't dwell on it. So let's just put it that. But we know there are demonic spirits and that they dwell in pits and that they are going to come out fully. So when that angel will come at Revelation, all of them will come out of the pits. Oh, I feel sorry for those who will be on earth. But as the time of the second coming of Christ is approaching, more and more demons are coming from the, pit of, from the pits to the face of that because men are calling for them. They are calling for them and they are coming out. They are coming out. Invading the arts. Every when people travel in the spirits through meditation all those stuff fellowshipping with spirits you'll bring them out the more this is why when a saint is praying oh lord thank you jesus you'll do more than asking a request from the father this first assignment that was given to adam you are still carrying it out god said to adam attend the garden keep the garden keep the garden Jesus said of all that you have given me, I have kept them by the word. You keep the word by speaking God's word over the atmosphere. It arrests demons. It sends them back. They beg Jesus, don't send us to the pit. They do, once they come out, they don't want to go back. They want to be, they want to enter somebody. They crave for human body. When they find out, they go to animals. They want to enter human body at all costs. The Bible says when the unclean spirit went out of the man, he was going around dry places, seeking for rest. When he found out, he took other demons and went back to his first abode. They are desperately looking for somebody to inhabit. When you command an evil spirit to leave a person, they are hanging around that time, looking for someone else. They want to go into someone else. Madman of Gadara had a legion in him. Maybe over 12,000 demons in one man. 
That's a record. So that shows how much, how many demons can stay in a man. It also shows how big human spirit can be. Human spirit is big enough to accommodate 12,000 demons. That's why the Holy Spirit can live in your spirits. That's why God can dwell in you. When God created man, your spirit is amazing. What God created. Hallelujah. So when we pray, when we worship God, we release something to the atmosphere. It disturbs the demons. This is why the Bible says, I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. When you get to your office, lift up your hands and pray. This is why the devil does not like it when believers gather together to worship. And that's why people hate church so much. When saints gather, it annoys some people. It's amazing. It annoys some Christians also. They advocate for practice your Christianity on your own. There's nothing like corporate and nothing. When we lift up only hands, Paul knew what he was saying when he said, I will that men, not a man, men everywhere. Then he said, Do not neglect the assemblies of saints. It's important. When we worship, when they were threatened out of apostles, they found their own company and they gathered together to pray. As they began to pray, the place shook and they received boldness. Something happens when people pray together. Something happens when believers worship God together without hypocrisy, without pretense. Holy hands, not dirty hands. It's wonderful. Oh, say, oh, Satan is showing that thought in many hearts, rising up to speak against churches. That's not to say people have not done things in the name of the Lord. No, but, but voices are coming. Just to wicked people's hands from going to church, from worshiping. Stay, do it at home, do it at home. Mm. Peter was arrested and the church prayed. Glory to God. Peter that they were praying for was sleeping. Prayers of the saints. Esther said to Mordecai, gather the Jews together to pray. Nothing threatens the devil more than the unity of brethren. In secondary school, our fellowship, we saw too much of this. There's something about when people leave their denominations behind and they gather together. We saw that in Abeokuta. Different pastors coming together. Oh, pastors in Abeokuta are wonderful. We saw that during the program. Different pastors coming together. We saw the anointing. Everybody, all of us knew together, every one of us, that that was not an ordinary meeting. Because people left their different denominations to come together. To listen to the word of God, to pray together. It's wonderful. Satan hates it. So he keeps sowing seeds among us. You disagree with someone's doctrine, you insult the person and say all kinds of things and detach yourself. And neither is your own doctrine pure as well. Oh, somebody should cover his hair when praying. Somebody should not cover his hair when praying. And that should lead to, I don't want to talk to you again. You're a perverse person. When I was in UI, all the programs we had, all the fellowships came together to have a program very powerful more than what each fellowship could put together. We saw this. People not wearing earrings, praying with those who were wearing. And we saw mighty move of the spirits. Hallelujah. One church cannot read the old world. We need different types of people. Is somebody hearing me? So I'm saying that when you pray, when we pray, we make the atmosphere uncomfortable for demons. We can begin to send them back to the pits until the day of judgment when the church is taken away from the face of the earth. Will the church be here during the Antichrist? Again, that's another debate. I don't like debates. <laughs> Just live every day for Jesus and don't bother yourself too much about that. Oh, glory to God. Even on your seat, watch. You can just lift up your hands and just pray. We will come down to families. I have just told you today what is happening at the generally, what happened at the beginning that is leading to all these wars. So this is why you have spirits or what they call ancestral spirits in families. Attacks and all these things. There are these forces of darkness militating against families. But thank God for the power that is in the name of Jesus. 
When he went to hell, he defeated Lucifer there. Saint Jesus won the battle against Satan. He came out and he said, All hail, hallelujah. The Bible says, Having spoiled principalities and power, he made sure of them openly. It's a defeat that Satan will never recover from. Jesus conquered him finally, once and for all. So we fight for victory. Greater is he that is in us than the one that is in the world. Resurrection has taken place. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you this as we close. When Jesus landed in that, you know, Jesus went down without the Holy Ghost. Remember on the cross, he said, my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? When he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, and the sweat became as thick as blood, he said that, that Lord, if it's possible, let this call pass over me. He was not afraid of the pain. He was afraid of separation from the father. Every time, John chapter 5, said, my father that dwells in me. I do nothing apart from my father. What I see my father do is what I do. But for the first time, he was going to be separated from his dear father. He was going to cross and the sin of the old world was going to be laid on him. Lucifer was watching. The Bible says that if they knew, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Lucifer had no clue what Jesus was trying to do. So they crucified him. And on the cross, soldiers put spear, blood and water came and that was the battle of the church. They didn't know what they were doing. And then he said, Allah, Allah, Lama, Sabakatani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then he said, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. And he dropped his head. And the cutting of the temple tore from top to bottom. Everybody could assess the only of all. The place that had been hidden for years, Jesus opened it up. And then the Bible said, graves opened and saints were coming out. Oh, glory to God. And then because he died as a sinner, remember it was a sacrifice. It was a substitute. He died as a sinner and he was taken down there to where all sinners were going to. And Satan gathered all his demons. I said this jokingly. That day there was no demon on the face of the earth. Because all of them gathered in air waiting for the one that promised to resurrect. And the Bible said that they pounced on Jesus when they saw him. But on the third day, hey, glory to God. That's why Colossians chapter 2 says that evil spoiled principalities and power. Something happened. God declared on the third day, sacrifice accepted, perfect justice measured out on this man. He has paid. Life came back to Jesus Christ. He rose and he threw away principalities and power. The Bible says he made sure of them. He paraded them. He paraded them before the spirits in prison. He paraded them before Abraham's bosom and he brought everybody out. So he left captivity. What was capturing people? Jesus captured. He left captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He began to distribute gifts. And he came out. Oh, to God be that glory. Great thing he has done. And he opened that like that all may go in. Hallelujah. Remember the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The gate of eternity shut against man. And that was what the psalmist was in the spirit in Psalm 24. He said that, uh, lift up your head, O ye gate, and be lifted up everlasting, that the king of glory might come. I have said this many times. Don't make a mistake by using that scripture while commanding Satan to go. No. People say, lift up your head, I command the evil spirit. Jesus was not talking to the gate of hell. Remember, he did not say that lift up your head, let the king of glory go out. He didn't say go out. He said, let the king of glory come in. Let the king of glory come in, not go out. What happened? When he left hell, he was the first person to be born again, first begotten of the dead, or from dead. So he was, he was the first to be born again. As he was ascending to heaven, he made the gate locked. And he said, lift up your head, don't you get that the king of glory might come in. And a voice answered from inside, who is the king of He said, the Lord, strong and mighty in battle. He said, don't you know what I've just done? I have just poured principalities and power. I have just destroyed the host of hell. Lift up your head and the gate open. And for those who are in Christ, the gate is never shut again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Christ alone, when we close our eyes, we appear at the other side. They know our name there because our names are registered in heaven. We belong to the church of the firstborn on earth. We are known in heaven. Christians shouldn't be afraid of rapture. Shouldn't be afraid of resurrection. Shouldn't be afraid of death. There is life after death. 
death of a Christian is promotion. Glory to God. Something is waiting for us at the other side. Greater is it that is in us. But we are not living there until we fulfill God's will here on earth. Because Jesus also conquered death. And death has no power over us anymore. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So we've been able to understand what Jesus came to do. Second Adam. That's why I call second Adam. Now man has legal rights in Christ to stand on earth again and declare thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If humanity provokes God again and he looks at saints, for our sake, he releases mercy. In his mercy, he takes away corona. In his mercy, he will heal the world. Because in different churches, in different homes, believers have prayed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Is someone blessed today? Glory to God. Happy Easter to all of you. I love you so much. Still missing all the members of the church. Oh, I would have said, Hallelujah, Jesus. It's our life. Would have done all those songs. Death and lost his victory and the grave. Ah. Oh, God. Celebrate Jesus. I'm missing Easter Sunday. Lockdown. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. But if we need to stay at home to be safe, please stay. It's okay. It will come to an end. It's just a sacrifice for now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We bless your name, Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for everybody watching. I bless you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace and in wisdom and in the depth of God's word. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that when you are at home, you will receive revelation of his word. You will go deeper with him. Your work with him will be deepened by this that is going on. In the name of Jesus Christ, you'll be protected on every side. In Jesus' name. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. We can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you.